Welcome to Be The One. Be The One. It only takes one person to understand. Will you be that one for someone? Original music, Grow, is by Kelly Fitzgerald. I'm Erin. And I'm Vani. And let's get started. Hi, Erin. Hi, Vani. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? I am surviving the quarantine uh, as best I can. I guess that's a good word, surviving. for a lot of friends I talk to, uh, people I know, surviving is definitely the, the best word. It has been difficult and interesting. Fortunately, my cat has kept me great company throughout this time. I'm so glad you have your cat with you. What's your cat's name? Uh, his name is Baxter, and he's three-year-old uh, Russian blue mix. And he's horribly mischievous and very intelligent. So he's very good at getting into things he shouldn't get into. Oh, yeah. But he also loves cuddles and kisses, so it's all good in the end. Aw, there's the warm side of you coming out. Oh, there, I know. Every once in a while, just, woo, there it is. Yeah. So how are you you doing other than surviving? What's going on with you? Hey, you know, I am doing work, working from home, and I mean, really, that's about it. Fortunately for me, you know, growing up, I played video games and it was like, oh, video games are stupid. But I tell you what, I've been playing with my brother and brother-in-law, and it is a great way to stay social when you're not really allowed to leave the house. Because I play with them maybe like every other night. We get to talk, we get to laugh, we get to connect. So that has been very, very helpful for me. How about you? What have you been doing? You know, considering everything that's going on and the uncertainties and the unknowns and not really feeling that well, I'm, I'm doing good today. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course, what's going on? Well, as of today, I think I'm in a 10 day, 10 days out of a 14 day quarantine um, from my doctor. So, she has, my doctor has diagnosed me with coronavirus. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when you think about that, there's a lot of fears that kind of go through your mind. Like, oh, I am I going to get it? Are my kids going to get it? Are my parents going to get it? And then you also think like, am I going to die? You know, you don't know what's going to happen because there's just not enough out there. But I think it's important to know that because a doctor diagnoses you, you know, you, I have all of the typical symptoms and I've gone through all of the typical symptoms and this has lingered on for well over a month. So I don't know if I really have it, but I was diagnosed with it. Okay. So you haven't had a test then? No. So here's what happens. So you go through a screening. So you know, backstepping, going backwards to, it was March 11th, um, after I returned home from a vacation in LA, um, I was on an airplane with, sat next to, of all people, Smokey Robinson, right? And um, he was coming from Detroit. So I sat next to him and we talked. He had a cough. He had a 
you know, a tissue and a Kleenex. And I asked him at one point, I'm like, do you have a cold? And this is when the virus was just starting to surface. You know, people were just beginning to wear their mask. And I didn't really think anything of it. And he was just the nicest man. What a fun experience, right? Oh, absolutely. I go on my my journey on my vacation, you know, and I'm in L.A. going to Malibu and Santa Monica where, where there's just like tons of people, hundreds of people around, especially Santa Monica Pier. So um, long story short, I come home and about 12 days after coming from L.A. is when I first was sick. So my symptoms started out with what I thought was a stomach flu. And they say that when you have, and I'm, I'm just going to put it out there, when you have diarrhea and you're vomiting, um, now they're saying 20% of those with coronavirus experience those symptoms. Well, I, I actually haven't heard that. No, you have not heard that? No, no. So that's good to know. Yeah. So, right. So then from there, I went to feeling like I was on the verge of a cold, you know, where you just kind of like it's there. Yeah, you're like, oh, something's off, but I don't know. Yeah, something's off. My, my, you know, slight headaches and just on this verge. Um, so I called my doctor, and so they called me back. And I do have an underlying heart condition, you know, with the cardiomyopathy, which we've talked about before yes. on the podcast. Um, so, which would put me at risk. So I call. And you do a screening and they ask you, you know, have you been out of the country? They ask you, um, what symptoms do you have? Do you have a fever? So even though I had all of the symptoms, but the fever, they did not test me. They did not want me tested because the kits, the testing kits are so hard to come by, especially early, you know, back in the March when we weren't getting them. So, um, so the doctor just said, okay, let's just, if you get, if you get a high fever over like hundred, I don't, I don't even remember what it was, you get a high fever or, um, you can't breathe to call them back. So that's when I went on like the 12 day. And then in between that time, I was just not feeling right again. So I called back, did another screening. And um, same thing, you don't have the fever, we're not going to test you. So then after that, um, I really was feeling pretty good. And I really didn't feel or believe that I had coronavirus because at that time they weren't talking about like the, the other symptoms of vomiting and, and diarrhea. And I never had the fever, but I did have the chills and I did have a headache. So you have experienced those same symptoms too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I had, there was uh, two days in there where I had a headache and a little bit of chills and I was like, something's just not right. And I thought to myself, maybe it is, you know, coronavirus, but after two days I, I felt better. I felt back to normal. Yeah. So for me, what happened was I really felt fine and I hadn't left my house in, in 12 or 13 days. And I, since I wasn't tested, they didn't seem to be that concerned, you know, when I was screened. So I ended up going to the grocery store, ended up social distancing, visiting a friend. And it was that next day where I'm like, oh no, here comes a sore throat. So a sore throat followed by a headache, 
followed by the chest pain. And the, the chest is like pressure, like, like almost like an elephant sitting on, on your, on your chest. And it's, it's somewhat difficult to breathe, but they say, if you can breathe in deep breaths, you know, you're okay. Right. But I think when, when you have that chest pain, I think that was the most concerning for me. Um, not that I was worried about my heart, but I was worried about the breathing. And then I had read a story about a man who was perfectly fine. Like he wasn't perfectly fine. He was in the hospital. He was getting ready. They were, he was getting ready to be released. And then he got an infection on his lung and then ended up in critical condition and in ICU. So those are the things that scary. And then, so I call my doctor again. And again, it's okay, well, we're gonna just keep you in quarantine for 14 day quarantine, not social distancing, this is quarantine, because she's pretty convinced she's gonna diagnose me with coronavirus, even though I haven't had tested, because she wants me to stay away from people, she wants me to stay home, she wants me to rest, she wants me to um, take care of me. And then once again, contact them if the fever goes up or if I have that trouble breathing. So this time I did have a fever and the fever consisted of um, just like profusely sweating where you could just like wipe water off. I mean, my face, I mean, it was just like really bad, but it didn't last long. So I would say that just lasted maybe an hour. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was just like really woof. It came in and then it left. So I was very, very thankful of that. But then occasionally I would have like hot flashes. That probably lasted the headache, the chest, and I still have it in my chest. And sometimes when I just talk about it, it makes me want to cough. <laughs> so excuse me. Um, so now, even today, I was screened again today because they opened up testing to more people. So they told me that even if I was tested, I probably would test negative because even those that are in the hospital at the highest risk, only 10% test positive. So I don't understand how these numbers can even be close to being, being accurate. I mean, and that's a lot of what I've read is that uh, the only the only way we're really going to know in the end how many people actually had it is if we do wide scale testing to find antibodies, and they're expecting that they're going to find out a lot more people had it. So good and good and bad there. The good side is is a lot of people may have had it and didn't really get sick. So again, you know, quarantining it it it's there for a reason, and there's still so many questions around coronavirus. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, it, it is tough. You know, I, I think about those moms and those parent dads that are like at home trying to work, trying to teach their kids, trying to keep their kids occupied, trying to get them breakfast, lunch and dinner on top of their own work that they have to do. Oh, yeah. That's got to be so tiring, so draining so emotional and i think that um one thing that's really sad is that what we're what we've seen in china now 
is the divorce rate spike, you know, from after all of their quarantines that they have. Divorce rates were spiking and domestic violence was spiking. And that is just an an effect that this virus is having. There's so many fears that are surrounding the unknown. And there's layers of that fear. So it's not only am I going to get this virus? Am I going to lose my job? Am I going to be able to feed my family? Is my wife still going to love me after this? You know, so there's all these layerings of fear that's out there that's all an effect of this. So I think what's important to talk about is how do we start managing those fears? Yes, that is a great point. Where do we go? How do we, and I don't want to say find the positive, you know, people a lot of times will say, oh, well, here's the silver lining. Uh, you know, even we say that we said that earlier. I said silver earlier. Lining. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have too. I've said, well, the silver lining is X, Y, Z. And it's important not to try to silver line stuff because when you silver line something, you're basically saying, well, it's bad, but, and then I don't think we give ourselves the room to feel the emotions that we're having because we're silver lining. And I know we don't mean it that way, but that's how I think it can really come across. I look at um, that, like the light at the end of the tunnel or the silver lining more at, you know, once you get through to a certain point of processing, like after I lost Rob and people would, people would say to me, everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I, I would just be like, all right, what is the reason that I had to lose my husband in this horrific way? What is the reason that my kids have to grow up without their dad and I have to watch that? And I just was, I would get so angry. And then I finally, through life, through going through life, through life experiences and everything that I learned, I now can say, that I believe in silver linings, that I believe in lights at the end of the tunnel, and I believe that everything happens for a reason. But finding the reason can get really, really hard to accept. Absolutely. And and I, fortunately, I have not been going through any kind of strain. The company I work for has been amazing. They said, we're not laying anybody off. We're not furloughing anybody. We will survive this. You know, our company's leadership has been awesome. Uh, everybody I work with is, is awesome. So I can't say enough good things. So I haven't really had to face the, the hard issues. Cause you know, with, with my emergency savings, I would last a month probably, uh, maybe a month and a half before things got really, really dire. And I know that that would affect me. So I'm fortunate. And I just want to say that I'm very thankful. And I know there are a lot of people out there who have not had that experience and are, you know, having those, those darker moments right now. I do want to go back real quick to something you said. There's a, a reason for everything. And I was having a conversation uh, with a pastor of Ada Bible Church this past week. And we, it was an awesome conversation. His name is uh, Dan. So if you ever meet Dan from Ada Bible Church, fantastic, super solid dude. Uh, we're going to be having more conversations in the future. But I think, you know, something I kind of stumbled upon while we're thinking about the the reason for everything, I think, 
at, at least as I see it. And I'm, I know a lot of people won't agree with me on this, but the reason for everything is for us to be able to express love to others. I honestly think and believe in my heart of hearts, and I'm not religious, but I believe that that is the purpose. So, you know, taking Rob's death in the end, what, what was the reason? It was so that you could love others. You could love others who were hurting. You could love your, your children. I think in the end, that is the, and love yourself too. That, that's the purpose. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, if I understand what, what, do we always say, I understand love heals. Yes. You know, and when we do things out of love and understanding, we get such a different result when we do things out of judgment and angst. Yes. When you don't give in to the anger. And it's okay to be it's okay to be angry. It is okay to be confused. And they're perfectly valid. You know, a lot of times we say anger has no place, frustration has no place. And that's just not true. We're human. And we're going to feel those things. But what's most important is how we get through that anger, that frustration. How do we get to a place of love, love for ourselves, love for others? Because again, like you said, that is how we, we heal. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, for me personally, I think the only way to and, and how we can get to that point is acceptance. Yes. You know, if I didn't accept that I lost my husband, if I didn't accept that my kids were going to grow up without their dad, where would I be? You know, what would have happened? Um, I could still be laying in bed. I still could be feeling sorry for myself. I still could be grieving every single day. But when I accept that this is our journey, that this is our path, we have to make the best with it. And what, what do we do? Right. I mean, I do. I think that we have to, to love on others and share our stories, which is why podcasts have become so um, important to people, right? So we can share, so we can learn. So we're not in that judgment mental state anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's interesting because, you know, you said it's acceptance and that is, and I'm no grief counselor, but that's the last stage of the grieving process is acceptance. It always comes down to acceptance, accepting your circumstance, accepting who you are and what you want. This is all part of, of the big circle. And once you accept, just as you said, that is when you are finally able to put love out there. And I think by putting love out there, and being able to love others, that's the moment when you're also able to accept love. Right. I think love is a very interesting thing. It's very hard to take that kind of pure love. I think for most people, when they, they run into somebody who just purely loves life and loves them, they just don't understand because we are not, and never have been, this is not a, a dig at current society. This is just how humanity has always been. We are not a group that accepts and loves easily. You know, you have your little, your little tribes, you have your, your groups, and it's easier for them. But to meet somebody who truly loves life and truly loves others is just a, a splendid thing to find. And it's a splendid thing to strive for. So I think take all of that. And, and all I'm really trying to say is, is 
let's find the acceptance for ourselves. Let's find the acceptance for others. And let's just get out there and love this whole coronavirus thing, whether you're stuck in a domestic abuse situation, which I know is, you know, going back to that, that's a huge thing. There are people who do not have a place to go and they are living in fear every day. And they're thinking to themselves, is this going to be my last day? Not because of coronavirus, but because they are with an abusive partner. And, and I think that that's one thing when you talk about love and self-love and it's easy for us to say, you know, you have to love yourself enough to get the help that you need. Mm -hmm. But where do you go? Who do you talk to? Who do you turn to? And that's where I think that we go back to be the one, you know, we have to be the one for someone. And I think it's really important that we recognize that love heals and it comes from unexpected places you just have to put it out there you just have to reach out and it's what you said earlier about self-love you have to love yourself enough to get that help that you need as we wrap up this episode i want to challenge all of our listeners to this please put love out there be the one who says I understand love heals and be that person who just puts out love. Think about everybody, you know, who is one person, just, just think of one person that you can reach out to and you can just say, I love you and I'm here for you no matter what. And just put that out there. I challenge you to put that out there for just one person this week. I love that. That's such a great challenge. I think if, if, Everybody, and I mean, it's not like we're changing thousands of lives, but it is so true that when you talk to one person, you know, I, I when I spoke to Dan, he was just like, hey, this is such a great conversation. Thank you so much. And I said the same thing. I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I needed. And because of that, it put me in a, a better mood. I was able to talk to other people. So that conversation didn't just add to his life. It didn't just add to my life. Because of it, it started adding to other people's lives. And it's and that that's easy. That's how it works. Yes, yes it does. It that's does. the power of sharing stories. That's the power of finding that one person that gets it, that says, I understand. See, I love that. I love that example. Thank you for sharing that. You are welcome. And I want to thank all of our listeners for listening this week. We truly appreciate it. We hope that you are staying safe and healthy. If you want to share your story, send us an email to vani at iunderstandloveheals.org. We would love to hear your story. We can share it on the podcast if you would like. If you don't want it shared, just let us know. We won't share it. If you just want to reach out and tell it, we are here. We will read and we do read every email that comes in. So thank you again for listening. And remember, be the one to understand Love Heals. I'm Aaron. And I'm Bonnie. And we'll see you next week. If you are struggling and need someone to talk to, remember that help is available 24-7 at 1-800-273-TALK. And also, you can text GO to 741-741. You say everything happens for a reason. Life has its own seasons. In the wind, you can only feel the snow. Start to wonder if those flowers gonna grow. Soak in the snow, soak in the rain. It's all a part of how seasons change.